We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is December 22nd, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what is up, bro? How is your toe? My toe hurts. I was I, I'm I'm having to rearrange where I'm recording. Uh moved into, you know, recording in the bedroom from the bedroom now, but we're recording late. So I moved it out to the dining room so you know Cole and Lauren could sleep. I just I dropped a piece of my normal mic boom stand on my toe just squarely hit it right on the big toe eye on the nail and it's already bruising so uh i'm i honestly if the magic would have lost night i'd be doing way worse but the magic win is is lifting my spirits and it's, it's making me not think about the toe as much now if the magic had lost i'd i don't know you know how i would be on the pot tonight if i would be on the pot tonight you know what i'm saying i can tell you after monday's loss had we lost tonight this definitely would have been a a dark pod like Probably unreasonably so, but yeah. we'll we'll talk more about these games. But that that Monday loss just is, is going to haunt me for a while. <laughs> but folks, I did want to let you know if you weren't aware already, NBA All Star voting is open. You can vote for your favorite Orlando Magic players, uh, specifically Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner, on NBA.com or in the NBA app. Um, for now and you know the, the next several weeks here. The, the NBA has instituted a few of what they're calling three-for-one days, where if you vote once, it's going to count three times. Those days are going to be December 25th, January 1st, January 6th, January 13th, 16th, and 20th. So mark those days on your calendar, in your phone, whatever. Those days, if you vote for Paolo Bancaro, I just sneezed. If you vote for Paolo Bancaro or Franz Wagner those days, you're going to get a three-for-one vote, so don't forget to do that. Luke, have you voted for Paolo, Franz Wagner, any of those other people uh, you know, that play for the Orlando Magic team uh, that <laughs> you might want to see in the All-Star game? Because I know that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I, I've used, I've voted every day so far. A little Franz and Paolo action. 
Um, those are my main two. If I'm being honest, I'm I'm being a, a a homer a little bit here, obviously, with the Franz and Paolo votes, but the rest of them are more so like a, a realistic thing of people who I'd like to see. So, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely casting those votes. I hope that everybody else is is actually casting votes seriously in terms of if you really want Magic players in it, cast it. If you're not voting for Paolo and Franz, you're wasting your days. So I, I hope they're doing that. My favorite thing about the all-star voting is that the NBA took away the the voting from Twitter option this year mm-hmm. because last year Andrew Wiggins was voted as an all-star <laughs> starter uh, with the help of a, a very famous K-pop star. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the, the Twitter voting just got crazy for him. So the NBA is like, yeah, we're we're not we're not doing this at all. I'm surprised to a certain extent that they still allow fans to vote uh, because you know just antics, especially with social media, things can go viral now, and things can just kind of get out of hand. But you know, it it was kind of it was funny to see Andrew Wiggins as an All Star last year. Obviously, they win the title, so you can't be too mad at that. But yeah, folks, make sure you're voting for you know your favorite Magic players, your favorite NBA players. Uh, again, you know, make sure you go to NBA.com and in the NBA app, you can vote uh, for your all-star selections. In other news, uh, we are having another watch party. We mentioned this last week, but we're going to continue to push this for the next uh, several weeks here. Uh, the next one is going to be at the Porch South Orange, which is located at 4757 South Orange Ave. That's going to be January 7th. I believe it's going to start at 8 o'clock uh, until further notice if we're told otherwise, but uh, tip off for that game against the Warriors is going to be at 830 and all these watch parties have been starting 30 minutes before tip. So I think it's safe to assume it's going to start at eight o'clock again. That's going to be at the porch South Orange 4757 South Orange Avenue. I sent the menu to my wife, Luke, and she looked at it for approximately three seconds. Just saw the first few apps and she's like, yeah, I'm going. We'll, we'll find a we'll find a babysitter for the kids somehow, some way. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, the missus is going to make the trip to the, the next watch party, but looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, it'll be a good time. We, uh, we failed to, well, well I failed usually cause I, I didn't, I didn't put it in the notes for our, our last episode, but there is a one player in particular, uh, somewhat of an unsung hero as of late, especially in that second win over the Boston Celtics. And we mentioned it in the pod. We said, oh, we need to talk about Admiral Schofield more when we talk about that that second Boston game from last Sunday. And then we totally you know, forgot to bring Admiral Schofield back up. So I just wanted to take a moment here, give a special shout out to Admiral Schofield and even, you know, Kevon Harris, you know, uh, to, to a certain extent. But Admiral Schofield has just been doing work, especially offensively for a guy that most Magic fans, you know, expected and, and maybe hoped that wouldn't get that many minutes this season due to injury. It's been absolutely necessary. Going back to that Boston game, Admiral Schofield was phenomenal. Uh, in almost 17 minutes, he had 13 points, five of seven from the floor, three of five from behind the arc. He added four rebounds and a steal in that game. And Luke, over the past last four games for Admiral Schofield. In just over 14 minutes, he's averaging eight points. He's shooting 61% from the floor, 46 from behind the arc, and adding almost four rebounds and an assist per game. Admiral is just, uh, he's really gone up a level, I think. Last year, he was just really like a hustle and, and rebound and, and kind of give you some defense and uh, a few spot minutes in each game. But this season, 
shooting the ball pretty well from behind the arc. Um, this year on the season, he's shooting 38% from three, 48% from the floor. And he's even putting the ball on the floor a little bit, getting to the basket. You know, he's a physical guy, kind of brings a little bit of an edge on the defensive end of the floor. And yeah, I just want to take a minute to shout out Admiral. He's been awesome. Yeah, he's been a lot of fun in terms of just the la- really the last three games, right? Like you've seen it, you've talked about it. And against Boston, it was scoring, and that's where he made his his presence known. Even four rebounds in 17 minutes is good. Uh, he had seven rebounds against the Hawks in 13 minutes, along with his 19 points, 50% from three, two of four against Boston, three of five. Um, did, couldn't get couldn't connect from the perimeter tonight, o of two, but he was able to you know just kind of he, he facilitated hit two assists, which is two assists more than he had in the two games prior. So it just seems like he's doing something new and and trying to contribute you know more every game it seems. But yeah, in the last three games, Jonathan, he has shot uh, almost four attempts from three a game and shooting forty five and a half percent. So I can't really complain. You can never complain when when a G leaguer is is just doing what you ask of him, but a little bit more like he has definitely stepped up to the occasion. Uh, Kevon Harris, like you said, defensively, he's incredible. Um, there's like a stat that uh, I believe it was NBA university put out. I'm not sure where he found it from, but essentially the Kevon Harris is, is in the top 10, I believe, and guarding the most effective score on the opposing team night in and night out. So he's drawing those assignments. They're literally just telling Kevon Harris, play defense. That's really all we need you to do. And that's what he's been doing. So both of these guys have have, have stepped up in their own rights uh, more than you would expect a G Leaguer to. Definitely better than the options we've had in the past when it comes to two-way players. Yeah, Admiral, again, was, was great tonight. Both of those guys played really well down the stretch to help the Magic get back into the game tonight against the Houston Rockets. Kevon had probably the biggest no, 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 yes, three of my entire lifetime. Yeah. Like, pulled it up super early in the shot clock. I'm like, Kevon, what are we doing? And the dude knocked it into his credit. So uh, give those guys their flowers. They've been awesome lately. We just wanted to take a couple of minutes and, and give those guys like a, a, a few minutes just because like they've been really awesome and um, they deserve a ton of credit and they you know deserve uh, a few minutes talked about them. That's the very least that we could do for them helping the team that we love so much get some wins lately. Yep. Also, folks, um, no secret, we it is you know the 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 magical Christmas season here. Uh, when you guys are listening to this, Christmas is going to be just uh, just three days away. It's crazy to say that already. And we wanted to have a little a little Christmas fun, a little bit of a of a Christmas draft here, something to do on the pod uh, before we get into to the magic talk. So we are going to be doing an all time Christmas song draft. Luke was lucky enough to win the coin flip, so we're going to go uh, back and forth here, uh, five songs each, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how we stack up against each other. Uh, Luke, I will let you uh, start off as you uh, won the the coin flip, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number one, it, there's a lot of different routes you can go, but I'm I'm going oh, just with my heart. So. I'm going with my heart. It's a it's a shocker. It's a stunner. I'm going have yourself a merry little Christmas oh, by Sam Smith. By Sam Smith, that is top and, uh, tier, incredible, absolutely He's, top tier. He, he is my go-to. And someone's like, "Can you play Christmas music?" I was like, "Yeah, great. I, I can do that for you." And I just put on Sam Smith. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Number one. I will tell you that would not have made it very far. So if you wanted it, you had to get it number one. 
mm-hmm. to me, it is an easy number one. She starts the frosting around mm-hmm. October. It's all I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey. To me, it is the goat Christmas song. I don't think it's a debate. Sam Smith is his, have yourself a merry of you know very merry merry little Christmas, whatever the heck his is. Um, it's phenomenal. It's absolutely incredible. It's it. What makes me mad about that song is like Sam, give us a whole Christmas album. What are you doing with this this single? We want a mm-hmm. Christmas album. Um, Sam Smith, his, his first album is is one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, you probably didn't know that, but um, yeah, very talented guy. But for me, it's all I want for Christmas is you, Mariah Carey. Like it's just it, it's got everything that you need in a Christmas song. Um, it's a classic. It's iconic. My number one, Mariah Carey. I can respect it. I can respect it. Number two pick for me. It's going to be... Oh, there's another heart pick. I wasn't going to go this way, but I'm going to. You're a Beebs guy. I'm a Beebs guy. Mistletoe. Number Mistletoe. two. Yeah. Mistletoe is on my list. It's not in my top five, so I'm not mm. heartbroken about this, but I do have it on my list. Fantastic yeah. song. This This is awesome because... Mistletoe was now everybody loves Justin Bieber right now people do this mm-hmm. was when it was not cool to mm-hmm. listen to Justin Bieber and I still did I'm not I'm not ashamed of that fantastic song Love number that. two for me it's going to be cold December night by Michael Buble Michael Buble in my opinion probably has the best like total Christmas album when I want to throw on Christmas music somebody asks hey throw on Christmas music I'm just throwing on the Michael Buble Christmas album shuffle repeat for hours and hours, it doesn't matter. Love Michael Bublé, and I love that freaking song. All right, Jonathan, I'm staying in the same vein, the the Bublé vein. I'm going, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, specifically by Bublé. Incredible. Couldn't agree with you more. The album, phenomenal, top to bottom. This is a classic, and it's Bublé. So you put those together, it's got to be a, a top three pick for me. It is a fantastic rendition. I have to let you know I've never respected you more than mm. I respect you right now being a a, a, a Michael Bublé Christmas album truther. My third mm. pick, uh, this is going to be um I feel like people are going to listen to this and and these aren't like necessarily the classics. These are more maybe eclectic or or maybe not as well known and some people are going to go and listen to these and be like, "Man, these these six man show guys are Christmas music aficionados like they really know what they're talking about my third is going to be Chris Brown's version of this Christmas absolute mm. classic banger okay I, I I like that one that's a good one it's a great one and uh, I appreciate you know the the heart the heart voting here yep I uh I'm gonna go here with my fourth pick I'm going over to pentatonics and I'm going God rest ye merry gentlemen. I'm a big fan of a lot of the Pentatonics Christmas stuff. I don't think you can go wrong. I'm just a sucker for it. And so that's that's my fourth pick here. I respect that. I'm not going to say anything else. I don't want to, you know, reveal my my future potential picks here. This one this is this is a guilty pleasure of mine. I don't know that I'm particularly proud of this one. But every time it comes on, I just I start moving a little bit and I can't control it. Mm. And mm-hmm. this is this is out of character for me because I don't usually listen to a lot of this artist's music outside of this song. 
Ariana Grande's Santa. I knew Tell it. me that song. I, I don't know what it is, man. Gets me. Gets the people Dude. going. Dude, I the banger. No lie, it's on my it's on my list. It's it it was it's on my list. It's a great one, and it was like my it was my number eight. So it absolutely on my list. Can respect it for sure. Guilty pleasure song. If I wasn't so ashamed of it being that song, I probably would have it higher on the list. To be honest with you, it's just a great song. It is. So with my fifth and final pick to round it out, I'm going. Santa Claus is coming to town by the Jackson Five. Ooh, that is yes. my my fifth and final good one. Yeah. That's a very good one. Yeah, my fifth and final, <laughs> and it's funny that you brought up the Pentatonics because they have a red a rendition of the song that I love. But I found a new one mm-hmm. this year. Mary, did you know? Maverick City <laughs> Music. Maverick City put out a whole Christmas album, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the Pentatonics version of Mary, did you know? All I did on this song uh, is I just wrote Mary, did you know? Because there are many renditions that I've mm-hmm. heard, and most of them are fantastic. But I love Mary, did you know? You know. So uh, Lauren, Lauren really trolls me for uh, liking that song at all. She does. She thinks that it's it's a little. I think she thinks it's a little cheesy. But um, I I can't mm. get away from this. Singing the, about the, the mother of Jesus of Christ, cheesy, unbelievable. Listen, I know, unbelievable. Can you believe it? I I just remember when I heard that song for the first time, Jonathan. I was I was blown away at the concept. I can't lie to right. you. My my little brain just couldn't wrap wrap my brain around it. So I I applaud that. I really uh, I really do appreciate it for sure. So for the listeners, one one more time, this run, run through your list. Do you have any, uh, honorable mentions? Mm. Um, underneath the tree by Kelly Clarkson. Like that one quite a bit. Um, Carol of the bells by pentatonics. Uh, I did have Mary. Did you know by pentatonics on my list as well? Jingle bell rock as a classic was another one. Bobby Helms. Um, like mm-hmm. the classic yeah. Jingle Bell Rock. Yep. I've got yeah. it on my list. And then uh Last Christmas, Last Christmas by Wham was on my list as well. Ooh, you know I have a hot take. I hate that song. There's it's, nothing it's to me there's nothing Christmas just... about that song except the word Christmas. Yeah, well they're just talking about, you know, last Christmas they gave you he gave you his heart. The, my issue, yeah. well, you know what? I actually like the Taylor Swift version of that song better. Kevin is going to love that take, by the way. But <laughs> like for me, like the bare minimum that I need in a Christmas song is I need I need some jingle bells in the back. And and Last Christmas mm. by Wham gives you none of that. It's like if you yeah. just took this song, removed the word Christmas, it's just another pop song from the 80s. Yeah, that's my take. It's true. Might not be popular. It's Might true. Not be popular. I mean, it, it was, an, to be fair, it was an honorable mention. It was very far down the list, but it was on the list. So I, I had to name it. I had to name it. It's so just what was your five existing. again that you drafted? My five was uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by Sam Smith. Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas by Buble. God Rest You Merry Gentlemen by Pentatonix. And Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Jackson 5. That's it's a that's a hard list to beat. Mine was All I Want for Christmas is You Mariah Carey, Cold December Night by Michael mm-hmm. Bublé, This Christmas by Chris mm-hmm. Brown, Santa Tell Me, I love that song, by Ariana Grande, 
and then Mary, did you know Maverick City Music? My honorable mentions: Mistletoe. I had Mistletoe in there. Uh, I had Jingle Bell Rock, mm-hmm. and then Rocking Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Another classic. Yeah. My is. my daughter would kill me if I did not mention Spidey Bells. When Into the Spider Verse came out a few years ago, <laughs> they released like a, a very short five song uh, Christmas album, and there's a song on there. Uh, Spidey Bells that Chris Pine sings, and we just have a ton of fun with that one in the car. But uh, yeah, let us know in the comments below your favorite Christmas music and who you think won the draft, and uh, maybe what what your top five Christmas songs are. We'd love to hear that. Okay, Luke, let's get into the state of the Magic. So so far this week, the Magic are one and one, bringing them to a record of twelve and twenty one. They have the fifth worst record in the league. They are 13th in the Eastern Conference, but they are two and a half games back of Toronto for the final play-in spot currently. They're still 20 games ahead of last season's pace. The Magic have an offensive rating of 110.4, which ranks 24th in the league. They have a defensive rating of 113.9, which ranks 23rd in the league. Their overall net rating is negative 3.4, which is 26th in the league. On the injury front, Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter Jr., are still out, but Wendell is returning on Friday, or at least is believed to be returning. He thinks he's going to return Friday against the San Antonio Spurs. That has not been officially announced by the team, so just kind of be patient. Take that with a grain of salt. We'll see what happens, but I would expect him to play on Friday. It seems like he's playing, you know, feeling pretty well. Jalen Suggs is still out, but he uh, had a pretty cryptic Instagram post the other day with, uh, you know, seems like he's sitting there thinking and it's then like it's the hourglass and you know it's the picture of him doing the magic city thing against the bulls last year where he dunked on demar Derozan. we don't know what the hell it means stop with these cryptic instagram stories just tell us what you mean jalen suggs hopefully he's back soon uh gary harris is still out and we did get some bad news this week it was announced that chuma okeke underwent an arthroscopic surgery called a chondroplasty on his left knee uh, it's the same knee that he you know, tore uh, the ACL back in um, the NCAA tournament before he was drafted. Uh, he's also had a left knee uh, bone bruise uh, in his rookie year, I believe that was. And then um, he's been dealing with this left knee soreness so far. To me, it seems like because we heard that he had returned to practice, it probably had this like prelim. This is all speculation, by the way. Probably had this preliminary window where they were trying to get him pain free. He started practicing, kind of see how he would respond to that, and the soreness probably came back. So for those of you who uh, aren't aware of what a chondroplasty is, I had no idea what it was. This is the Google definition. It says it is a surgical procedure to repair and reshape damaged cartilage in a joint. This procedure involves smoothing degenerative cartilage and trimming any unstable flaps of cartilage. I'm not saying this is what it is. When I hear the word degenerative, I think Brandon Roy, and that scares the hell out of me. And the fact that it's the mm-hmm. same knee that he's had previous injuries in, he had the ACL, now he's having you know this knee soreness, and maybe it's not a big deal, but when I read that, like my heart like kind of stopped. I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but uh, when I read that, I was a little bit worried. But what this really just comes down to is that it sucks for Chuma, He's going to be reevaluated in four weeks, and they'll kind of see how he's feeling, Luke. Yeah, just really, really stinks to to see that 
you know, you, you get it, you get, you know, great news with, with Wendell Carter Jr. possibly coming back Friday. But as it is always with the Magic, you get a piece of good news that's in on the injury front. It means you got to trade it for a piece of bad news. And I'm just tired of it. I, I, I am just tired of it. I'm sure everybody else is as well. Very unfortunate uh, for Chuma. And hopefully we get good news when they reevaluate him here in about a month. We sure hope so. Chuma, rest up. Best wishes. Hope you're back as, as soon as possible. We can get you back on the floor. Luke, I don't know if you knew this. I think you knew this. But we do have a Patreon uh, where folks can financially mm-hmm. support the show, partner with us. I'm familiar. Help us do all of the cool and awesome things that we do and, and love and have so much fun doing. Uh, if you want to find out more about our Patreon, Luke, you can go to patreon.com slash the six man show. Funny enough, your mom is actually one of our patrons. So if you don't know about it already, wow. I don't know how you've kind of missed out on that. Uh, but yeah, three My awesome tiers of benefits. Uh, we have a really awesome benefit coming pretty soon that we're still working out the details on. So uh, just tune in, tune into the show for more details on that. Um, but we have things right now where you can like join our Discord uh, community and, and chat with Magic fans all day, every day. It's always super active, especially during games. It's a lot of fun. We also have uh, monthly Zoom calls with our Hall of Fame tier patrons where we just hang out for like an hour each month, talk about uh, the NBA, talk about each other's lives, talk about the Orlando Magic, our jobs, whatever the case may be. It's always a lot of fun. And we shout out our brand new patrons every episode, every time that we have them. This week, our newest patron is Himlo Ban Himro, which I don't think is this person's real name. It seems to be a play on Paolo Bancaro being him. Himlo Ban Himro, a very, very funny name. Uh, He actually went the Hall of Fame tier, and he went the whole year. He's like, I haven't been a patron before. I'm just going to go all in, and he went the whole year. So Himlo Ban Himro, thank you so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. Welcome to our Patreon community. Make sure that you get into the Discord. Make sure that uh, you you join us for our next uh, Zoom call. The next one is probably going to be, I would guess, probably like the the early part of uh, 2023, now that we're coming up on the year's end here. And then we shout out all of our Hall of Fame tier patrons every single episode. I'll go ahead and start with our buddies over at Court Cousins. Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio, Bailey, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Franz Go to Fichot, The Distract, Mo Bamba, Yo Mama, Petition to Get Producer Kevin on Every Show, Pierre A, Megzors, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty Mr. TV, Chad 3045, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Reekin, Shahin 177, and Himlo Ban Himro. Thank you guys all so much for your patron. Nidge, I guess, is the correct uh, term there. <laughs> Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Luke, let's talk about this game from Monday against the Atlanta Hawks. We're going to do this a little bit differently. Usually, we'll just kind of talk about the whole game. I want to start at the very end, and then we can t- kind of talk bigger picture as long as that's okay with you. The magic in this game in the fourth quarter were down 112 to 124 with 305 to go. After Trey Young pulled up, the Hawks were up nine. He pulled up literally from the logo, um, made the shot, put the Hawks up 305 with uh, 305 to go. They're up by 12. At this point, Luke, 
I have a rule. I think we've talked about it on the show before, at least mm-hmm. for myself. If I'm watching a game and the Magic are either ahead or trailing by 10 with five minutes to go, almost all of the time you can feel pretty good about the Magic winning or, or losing that game. Down 12, especially after a big shot like that, the second night of a back-to-back, the game is over. You have no chance of winning. You might as well turn the game off. Now, something happened after that three. Trey is kind of walking to the bench after the Magic call a timeout. Mo Wagner is kind of walking past him. Trey kind of exchanges words with Mo Wagner. Mo didn't really seem to pay him any kind of attention. Trey was just really complaining this entire second half. After the timeout, Trey comes out. He's still complaining to the refs about Mo Wagner, so he's teed up. Starting at that point, the Magic go on a 13 to nothing run with a lineup of Markel Fultz, Kevon Harris, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, and Mo Wagner. The Magic 13 to nothing run capped off with a Markel Fultz layup to give the Magic a one-point lead with 3.8 seconds left. The Hawks call a timeout. Uh, they had dropped this sideline after timeout out of bounds play. Ball gets to DeJounte Murray. He goes for like a long fall away two. Paolo Bancaro gets just a little bit too close, fouls him with 1.3 seconds left. Murray makes both of the free throws. The Magic have the ball with 1.3 seconds left. They call timeout, inbound the ball. Paolo Bancaro does not get a shot off before the buzzer. He missed the shot anyways, and the Magic lose this game, Luke. This was one of the most frustrating games. All of a sudden, it was super exciting and exhilarating. You have the lead with 3.8 seconds left. I think the Magic are winning this game. They're on their way to their seventh win seventh. in a row. That would have been, and uh, and then all of a sudden, it just you you snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, and you lose this game, Luke. What was this? This broke me. I was really upset about. It. I'm still upset about it. But what was your reaction to just those last few minutes? Uh, it, it's tough, right? Like this is the one going at the on our last episode, looking at the week ahead. This was the game. That you and I, I believe both of us, we agreed that this is the game the Magic are probably going to drop. If there's a game you're going to drop, it's going to be this one. I think we said the Magic would go 2-1 and one on the week with that one being the loss. So uh, going into it, I'm already expecting a loss. You're down 12, what, right? With with 3 yep. to go? What was it? With 5. 305. Wh- when was it? Yeah, okay. So you're down 12 with like 3 minutes to go, roughly. At that point, I'm holding my son, who unironically or ironically is named Cole, and I'm I'm holding my son, and I just am blankly staring at the TV. It's the point in the game where I'm just like, I'm going to torture myself through the rest of this, but I'm not going to like it. I ended up liking it. Got down to the final possession. I'm just sitting there. My, my wife comes in the room. Lauren comes in the room, and I talk to myself during these games, right? I'm cheering after baskets. I'm saying whatever, right? The only thing I am saying in those final 3.8 seconds on the initial inbound is don't foul, don't foul, don't foul, don't foul. That is all that I'm saying repeatedly. And Lauren's looking at me like, you know, this is my usual behavior because it is. And you get the deflection. Claw goes down 3.6 seconds, I believe, at that point. I'm saying the same thing over and over again. And so when I hear a whistle get blown, I'm heartbroken. And I know that it's a foul. Like there's no way around it. People were trying to argue it wasn't a foul. The, you know, there's no way that was a foul. It was absolutely a foul. 
Um, it, and it was an unfortunate one, but Paolo just trying to make a play. I don't know that I like blame Paolo for, for that moment. Um, almost had it. I mean, he did have a chance to redeem himself with that, that last play just can't get it to go. I believe it was DeJounte Murray who was already basically in Paolo's mouth by the point that he caught the ball. He takes an escape dribble and he misses the three. Don't look at me like that. It is, it is the truth. Um, but uh but yeah the, so you know, it, interesting choice of words that's all um, well it is what it is um but i think that this is definitely a game where we know that the magic have always fought hard down the stretch whether that be last year or this season but i don't think that this that comeback happens even during that losing streak we had or before then or even last year if i'm being honest there's not a high likelihood of it happening but with this team, they not only are fighting to the end, but they have the chemistry. They have the continuity now a little bit more allows them to rely on each other. They know the closing, you know, who the closing lineup will probably be. They know each other's game. You're capable of making these comebacks now. So when you pair that with always fighting hard down the stretch, being a young team that hates to lose and on a win streak like you were on, I was just glad that they showed signs of life in the final three minutes that they didn't stop, that they didn't quit because I wouldn't have faulted them at that point. I was staring at the TV, like I said, blankly because I just thought it was over. So yeah, Trey Young technical sets it off. Really wish I, we would have won that game, but A, I'm not surprised and B, I'm not disappointed in the loss, to be honest. like I, I, It is what it is. The team fought. I can't ask for much more at that point. So this game reminded me of a game from last season, and now I'm going back and I'm, I'm looking at it here because um, somehow this game felt even crazier. Um, but looking at this, I, I don't know if you remember this. This is early in the season. I think it was the sixth game of the year last year. We're playing Toronto in Toronto. The Magic Trail, uh, 98 to 110 with 204 to go. They lost that game 109 to 110. Mm. They're down 12 with 204 to go. And That's they crazy. basically closed the game on an 11 to nothing run, have a chance to win it um, at the end. Uh, and, and they lose the game, obviously. But that was the one yeah. that, that came to mind. I think, you know, that's last year we start, you know, one in five, you know, uh, or one in four before you lose that game. I think this game hurt a, a lot more because you were so close to that seven game winning streak and then you look it's like all right beat houston beat san antonio two games that you should win all of a sudden now you're tying the franchise record like longest win streak and then you mm -hmm. have a chance to play the lakers and how awesome would it be to beat the lakers for this team specifically to set the franchise record like consecutive wins to me that would have been the funniest thing ever when you've had, you know, teams like the 2009 and, and 2010 Magic and the 95 Magic, obviously, but it's this team would have been able to. And it, season's not over. I don't know that we're going to have another, you know, crazy win streak like that. But how awesome would it have been for this team to break the franchise? And we were still three games away from that. So the fact that I was even thinking this far ahead was probably a little bit silly. But man, if if I lied and and said I wasn't hopeful for it, man. And just seeing the team come back and you're like, oh my gosh, we're going to win this game on a Markel Fultz game winner. And then it's just robbed from you instantly. And yes, 
the foul on DeJounte Murray was 100% a foul, but that is a call that I think at an earlier point in the game, I think it's a 50-50 call. We've seen contact like that, not the whistle not get blown. So it was totally a foul. I don't fault Paolo Bancaro. He's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes, and he's trying to make a play to win the game for his team. thing that really sucks is if he's six feet short on that contest, doesn't foul, DeJounte Murray had no chance to to hit that shot in the Magic win. So, um, But really, if we look at this game in its totality, the Hawks scored 62 points in the paint in this game, Luke. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I do know what it is about Trey Young. Like he's he's a special player. This dude just cuts the magic up with such surgical precision and speed. We without Jalen Suggs, the Magic have nobody that can hang with Trey Young, other than Kevon Harris the last few minutes of this game, because he really was incredible on Trey. It makes me think that maybe Kevon should have played more than eight and a half minutes in this game. Now, it's pretty funny because we've criticized Mosley all year for playing Kevon Harris over guys like RJ Hampton. But if Kevon gets some more minutes in this game, maybe the Magic have a better chance of winning it. But Trey Young, 37 points, 13 assists, like 12 of 12 from the free throw line. He's the the Magic just don't have an answer for for Trey Young and uh, a ball handler uh, of his capacity. The problem with Trey Young is when he penetrates, you either play up on him and you're giving up a lob, or you play off and he's that floater is automatic. He gets in the paint; it's almost a guaranteed bucket for the Hawks, one way or the other. It just felt like as a unit, we didn't see the same intensity. And of course, it's the second night of a back to back, very emotional win in Boston the night before. We didn't see the same intensity that we've seen defensively out of this group during this winning streak. So it was a little bit disappointing in that respect, but seeing this team never give up and fight all the way back and be so close to winning this game, you can't help but be proud of these guys. Yeah, I absolutely. I I think that there and there's something that I want to talk about as far as a trend that I'm seeing right now, especially these last two games. It happened on, you know, Wednesday night against the Rockets. We're starting out the the game slow. These last two games, we're starting out the third quarter slow. And sometimes if you don't, you know, if you do let go of the rope, you look and, you know, you're giving up whether whether it's 31 points, I believe, to the Rockets in the first quarter or 34 to the Hawks. And then, you know, the third quarter, thankfully, against the Rockets, they they didn't let go of the rope and they were able to rectify the terrible start that seemed to have. Um, but against the Hawks, you know, they sco- outscore you by seven in the third quarter and you give up 36 points. So uh, that's the trend I'm starting to see. And that's the one thing I wanted to add about this game, you know, against the Hawks is that it did also bleed over against the Rockets. And that's just something that you're going to have to get together before you start playing, you know, well-oiled machines again. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Taking a look at the box score for the Magic, Paolo Bancaro, 18 points. Moritz Wagner was great again, 16 points, 5 of 10 from the floor, added 10 rebounds. Uh, you know, relatively, you know, a good game from, from Franz, even though he wasn't super efficient. Uh, 19 points, 6 of 18 from the floor, but 5 of 5 from the free throw line, added 7 rebounds. Markel Fultz, high score for the Magic. Markel was awesome, especially down the stretch, 24 points. Uh, added six rebounds, nine assists, 11 of 19 from the floor. Uh, you know, Terrence Ross, 14 points. Mo Bamba, decent Mo Bamba game, 11 points, four rebounds. You know, had some big rebounds in this game. We've talked about Admiral Schofield uh, in his 13 minutes, gives you nine points. So, uh, yeah, I mean, nobody played particularly well, I thought, apart from Markel and, and maybe Moritz Wagner until, you know, those last few minutes defensively and that unit really, really locked in. Um, Bull Bull to me, I don't think we're going to spend you know too much time talking about Bull Bull in this episode. But Luke, do you feel like like lately Bull is is has lost it a little bit from kind of what we saw at the beginning of the season? And this is the most basketball that he's played in his professional career. I don't want to say he's necessarily like a rookie, but there is something to that. He may be hitting some kind of wall. Yeah, and I think that the wall that we're thinking about too is just that people are like teams are able to scout him you talk about you know him being basically like still kind of a, a rookie in in some ways just because he i don't know how many games he's played up to this point it looks like maybe like just at over 82 games i think um i don't know if my math is great i just looked at basketball reference real quick and try to add up his games but um but i'm also an idiot and it tells you right there he's played 85 um so but with bowl i mean this is the thing that happens, right? You talk about the rookie wall, the, the things that the rookies do well, you know, the NBA has so many people on staff. They have you know a whole you know team that is, is scouting and they, they build these scouting reports. Obviously 
and you're just able to get a better handle on players and what they excel at. People know if Bowl puts the ball on the ground, just swipe for it because you're not blocking his shot. And he's just going to try to drive and be able to kind of, you know, use his force and his length to get through you. If you don't swat at the ball, swat low on him. We saw it tonight, uh, you know, against Houston. You know, he he puts the ball on the floor and it just gets swatted away. It's an easy turnover, in my opinion. So, it, the, un, unfortunately, a lot of Bull's strengths can also play to weakness as well. The fact that he moves like a guard. He doesn't necessarily have a tight, tight handle like a guard. He just has such a big frame to shield, you know, defenders from getting the ball from him sometimes. Especially on the fast break. They don't know what's happening, you know. So, I think it has a lot to do with just people are figuring it out. That's not to say Bull Bull can't improve. I think absolutely in in one vein, what's a negative and, you know, him being, a you know, just past his rookie amount of like one season also can function as a positive. He's got room to grow. He's going to figure it out. People are figuring him out and he's going to figure out counters. So we'll see how Bull Bull responds. But right now, absolutely. It feels like there's a little bit of a wall that he's hit for probably a, a plethora of reasons. I'm just looking at his month by month splits right now on basketball reference. Yeah. So uh, October only seven games. He wasn't starting at that point. He was playing 20 minutes a game. And then November starts all 15 games uh, was up to 30 minutes. And now uh, in December through 10 games, 24 minutes. So them kind of bringing his minutes down a little bit. Maybe some of that is due to like we saw an uptick in turnovers for him. Uh, in the month of November, and, and maybe part of that is kind of realizing that some teams aren't the best matchup for him and getting away from him at times. But I think some of that may be, all right, let's dial back your minutes a little bit, let you get you know your your wind back, and, and we'll kind of go from there. But that's just something to monitor. Um, you know, Bull Bull, uh, you know, especially like the last week, hasn't quite looked exactly the same. So, But we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And, and like you said, I'm sure he'll bounce back pretty quickly. Okay, so let's talk about the Rockets game from tonight. So another good magic win, 116-110 to 110 over the Houston Rockets. You finish out the four-game road trip 3-1. and one. You're now 7-1 and one over your last eight games. We talked about the fact that the Magic are now two and a half games back of the Toronto Raptors for the final play-in. Uh, the Raptors, a team that you kind of need to, to keep pace with if you, if you want to stay dangerous in the play-in conversation. And then another team that we're chasing um, the the Bulls, both of them won tonight while the Magic were still playing. So it was like, all right, you went into this game. Markel Fultz said Monday after the loss that Wednesday in Houston was a must win. And I really think because they are looking at the standings, they want to stay relatively close to those teams that are above them. But this is a team that you go into expecting to win. And if this team has really turned the corner, they should begin to beat the teams that they should beat. But like you mentioned, this trend of slow starts continued. You're down in 14 in the first quarter. The Rockets are just kind of keeping the Magic at arm's length uh, in the first half. Uh, They're down 10 at the half, the Magic. And then they're down 15 in the third. Like you said, not a great start to the third quarter. But then the Magic go on a 17-2 run to tie the game in the third quarter. Largely in part, Luke, due to zone defense, something that we have criticized all season long. Hats off to Mosley. He switched it up in the third quarter, and it absolutely worked. Houston had no idea what to do with it. 
Uh, but then again, the Magic tie the game in the third. They're down two heading into the final quarter. The Magic take their first lead on a Cole Anthony three with seven minutes, 11 seconds to go. And then you're able to, to, to do enough down the stretch to, to keep the lead at that point. The Rockets had 16 turnovers in this game. Eight of them were in the fourth quarter. Five of them came in the last five minutes. The Magic, just four second-half turnovers, and they had zero turnovers in the fourth quarter. Bench outscores the Rockets 37-27. to And again, you end up finishing the road trip with a win, Luke. That is the one thing you just touched on there. You talk about the turnovers down the stretch for Houston. That is a a, a part where, you know, something that the Magic uh, three weeks ago, that's something they would have done. You know, you getting eight, having eight turnovers in the final quarter. The Magic have won the turnover battle these last two games. I haven't looked back further than that, um, but going to continue to look at that trend because the Magic win the turnover battle. What I think, let's see, it was 17 to 11. Um, so the Magic had only 11 turnovers. And then against the Hawks, the Magic had eight turnovers which is wildly impressive for a game that was as fast-paced as it was where you score 125 points. So I think that we're just seeing a lot of growth right now, honestly, and and maturity from this team and decision-making. That's what Mosley talked about beginning of the season, media day. You know, He referred to a lot of guys like Markel, Franz, Paolo as his decision-makers, or they are good or great decision-makers, and that's what he likes about their game. And that's what he really highlighted. And I think we're finally getting to the point where they've they've gotten to play together long enough now that they know each other, they know tendencies, they know what works and what doesn't. They're figuring out a counter to the opposing team scout as far as, you know, what passes not to make and what when to put the ball on the floor and when to, you know, and when to. So I I just really want to applaud these guys for what they have done in the turnover category. It's been awesome. And as we've seen, it keeps you in the game. Most importantly, you can look at the turnovers because Jonathan, what are the things that, you know, the, what did the magic do poorly tonight? Magic couldn't shoot free throws to save their life tonight. Uncharacteristic of them, honestly. And then, um, couldn't shoot from beyond the arc. Like, but what'd you do? Well, you didn't turn the ball over. So you stayed in the game with a team that is, in my opinion, inferior. I know that, you know, it seems crazy maybe to say based just looking at our records that there's only what three wins that separate our records. But at the same time, we know that this team is capable. We have not seen that from Houston. Houston's not capable of being considered even like a good team. They're talented. They have a high potential. But as a result, winning the turnover battle, you stay in this game. You're able to hang around. The Magic are down whatever it was, uh, you know, as far as the largest lead. But I never felt like the game was totally out of the realm of possibility. I was texting you guys through it and I was like joking, like, all right, guys, I'm going to go set up. I'm going to start setting up for recording. It was like the first quarter, but then I followed it up with, but thankfully it's the Rockets and I don't think they're very good. Like they're just not very good. It's very easy to mount a comeback against these guys. So if you stay, stick with it, you're able to come back. Don't turn the ball over. And that's what we did. Didn't turn the ball over. Didn't matter that our free throws weren't going in. Our three pointers weren't going in. Still, able to keep up and win this game by by six. To your point, I just pulled this up. Um, over the last five games, the Magic are fifth in the league in turnover percentage. So um, as of late, they are doing a lot better job 
of taking care of the basketball, which is something we've asked all season long. And yeah. um, it's not any coincidence that over the last five games, the Magic are four and one against like really, really quality opponents. So, um, yeah, it's good to see the Magic taking better care of the basketball. 11 turnovers tonight. I will take that all day long. You mentioned the free throw shooting. Uh, Magic uh, 23 for 33, missing 11 free throws tonight. This game shouldn't have been as close as it was. Rough first quarter, slow start. Paolo Bancaro, fantastic in the first quarter, 14 points. He finishes the night with 23 points, 13 rebounds. Paolo, I want to see some more of that. Him making a, a impact on the glass. If he can get you know close to 10 rebounds a game, him and Wendell, that is like a big game changer for the Magic just in terms of rebounding on a nightly basis. Markel Fultz, 11 points tonight, uh, but just you know his his ability to calm down the, the team and just get a bucket when you really need it. Markel Fultz is always there. Franz Varner, 25 points tonight, 9 of 15. I think in the first quarter, yeah, started the game 0 of 3. Second quarter, 4 of 6. Third quarter, 4 of 4. Fourth quarter, 1 of 2. So after a rough start to the game, Franz was incredible the rest of the way. Cole Anthony, 15 points, 5 of 13 from the floor. We're going to talk a little bit more just about his role as kind of this you know, six man and how he is embracing that, but maybe not totally <laughs> buying into that role. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But um, the biggest thing for me was, you know, you get down big in this game. You're down by 14. You kind of close the gap. Then you're down by 15 in the third quarter. But you find a way to win a game that you should win against, like you said, an inferior opponent. Um, now that might sound a little bit funny. Like you said, we really not that much separation in the win column, but what the magic have been able to do recently and, and what they've shown us, uh, we have another game coming up on Friday that I think the magic should win. If you are, are going to start to think that the magic are a good team, a decent team have play in hopes, postseason hopes, whatever you got to take care of business against inferior opponents and it was refreshing to see this. They got off to a rough start and we're like, wow, we're playing down to competition again. And we got we got a comment on the last episode about, you know, the Magic can't really play down to competition because they're a bad team. That's that's not what playing to your down to competition means. It means you play well against good teams and then you play bad against bad teams. Um, it, it's not really relative to the quality right. of team that you are. It's just more how you respond to who you're playing on a given night, which is a super frustrating thing, but it's an encouraging sign that you can get down that big against a bad team and, and still come back. Don't want to make a habit of that, of course, but you can't argue with the results and, and they really got it done. Yeah, absolutely. They're they've uh, ridiculous. And also, uh, obviously Paolo wasn't hitting his free throws tonight. But again, he gets the he proves that he's a free throw machine. He gets there eight times. He shoots eight free throws tonight against the Rockets. I just insane to me. If you make your free throws, I mean, really, the Rockets could say the same thing. They shot terrible from the free throw line as well, which was fortunate for us. But um, but yeah, would would love to see him hit that more. Really uncharacteristic of Paolo. But as David Steele mentioned a lot tonight, Mo Wagner, five of five from the free throw line. What's his streak at now? He, uh, I think he's it's at 30, like 30 something, something in a row. Maybe like 34, 35. I'm not sure. But hats off to him. Mo Wagner, keeping us alive. 
it's going to be interesting when Wendell comes back, see what happens with minutes as far as the center position goes. I'm interested to see what Mo's does with it, but Mo Wagner's been incredible. Don't forget, folks, every day after a Magic victory, you can get 50% off your online order with Papa John's with code MAGICWIN. Make sure you take advantage of that, folks. Been a lot of pizza going on lately. This is, uh, you know, we got the holidays coming up. I'm sure everyone's busy wrapping presents and doing last minute Christmas shopping. Don't worry about what you're doing for dinner tonight. Just get your 50% off Papa John's. Again, code MAGICWIN. Luke, we touched on this just a, a moment ago, but. I wanted to talk about Cole Anthony and Cole Anthony really um, in his his new role, really um, over the last 12 games uh, that that Cole Anthony uh, has been coming off the bench. A lot of this has also had to do with Markel Fultz just being back in the lineup. But in the last 12 games, Cole Anthony coming off the bench, the Magic are seven and five. He's averaging 12 points in 24 minutes, shooting Almost 44% from the floor, 32% from the three-point line, and 96% from the free-throw line. He's adding four rebounds, four assists, and almost a steal each game. So although he's been in a you know a, a different role, you know, in coming off the bench, I think he's more suited for this role to just come in and, and provide that offensive punch off the bench. And we haven't seen really a, too much of an increase in his efficiency just yet. I just feel like the offense is going to function so much better with him in that role. I, we, we've talked about this, and it's it's not necessarily about his his talent level. I think it's just his play style. I think is is more conducive for this team for him to come off the bench. Now tonight, after the game, again we talked about you know thirteen points for him off the bench was a, a big part of that bench unit getting the Magic back in the game. He had the post game interview with Jeff Turner, and during the the interview, Jeff asked him like, "How how are you embracing this? You know, kind of a six man role like off the bench? Does it change your uh, approach at all to the game?" And he said he really didn't talk about that too much. He just talked about how he feels like he's a starter in this league, and he's going to continue to play to that level. Uh, Luke, I just wanted to get your thoughts on just Cole kind of coming off the bench, and then. What were your take on his comments after the game? So I will say that that Cole provided a stability to the bench unit when Markel came back and was still kind of getting his legs under him. So I will say that before I go into to, to what I say next, I, I just don't I don't know, man. I, I, like you said, he's shooting 44 percent from the field, basically thirty two percent from three. I don't, I mean, he's got a great assist to, to turnover ratio uh, as it stands. Um, looks like, in just in general, this season, 15 games. I don't know if basketball reference is updated yet. 1.7 turnovers to pretty much four assists. Um, so I will say, in that regard, facilitating-wise, he has learned from the times Markell has been out and he's ran the offense. I think he's getting a lot more comfortable. But another thing that, that, you know, we'll continue to see how it goes. You know, like he said, I'm a starter in this league. A little bit of a weird comment, but I also think that Jeff Turner might have been digging for that um, when there's the way that he phrased his question, if I remember correctly. It just seemed, you know, how are you embracing it? 
that sort of thing. Cole is animated. Cole was not that animated in this inter- in this interview. I think Cole is absolutely irritated that he is not starting. But this is why the beginning of the season, Jonathan, when people ask or when we gave our prediction for the starting lineup, Cole Anthony, if I remember correctly for you, and I know it was for me, Cole Anthony was the sixth man, in my opinion. He's the ideal sixth man. His style of play fits it. Like you said, this might be his best suited role, whether he enjoys that or not. Until he can become more efficient and more of a put the ball in his hands and you can guarantee he's going to get you a bucket, there is no guarantee he's going to get me a bucket, if we're being completely honest. He is a bucket getter, but he's also a chucker, and and it, it is what it is. He's young in his career. I'm not saying that can't change. But just based on his comments as well, it does make me wonder, is he going to become maybe a little bit irritated and unfortunately eventually want out of this situation if he cannot break his way into the starting rotation, if he truly believes he's a starter in this league? Maybe as time goes on, he buys in because the team's good. He sees the future. He sees that he is contributing. Then maybe he buys in. But as it stands, that comment kind of rubbed me the wrong way in terms of really just uncertainty. I would love to keep calling the team if it means that he just runs a second unit. I don't have an issue with it. But I do not think that he is a starter on this team right now. It's not saying not never. Like that that's just saying maybe maybe eventually. Yeah, uh, just like uh, my thoughts on, on his comments. Like first, I, I love the confidence. Like you want your guy to... Th- like believe that he's a starter. I don't know that it is necessarily the best time or you know best context to say that. You, you would just love to hear a guy say like, "Hey, I'm just going to do whatever the coach is asking yeah. me to do." Like, you know, we're winning, like whatever is best for the team. And I'm not saying this to like just kind of like not Cole. Like he 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 is unfiltered. He is Cole Anthony. He's he's always going to be that. I I don't know that I I necessarily want him to get away from that because I feel like his bravado and his attitude and you know the way that he leads guys I think is super valuable to this team but you know I kind of I do feel like he is best suited on this team coming off of the bench for a couple of reasons one is the defense you know I feel like this team is not going to with the current roster construction is never going to be like this juggernaut offensively at least not for a few years until Paolo and and Franz like really get it going, you know, when they're putting up 25 to 30 every night, like Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, things would be a little bit different then. But this team needs to hang its hat on the defensive end. And when a guy like Gary Harris comes back or Jalen Suggs, I, I would like to see one of those guys in the backcourt with Markel Fultz. And the other thing is this team really only has two functioning point guards. And if Markel Fultz is starting, what does that look like for the bench unit and who is going to be orchestrating the offense at that point? Because with Markel Fultz starting, Cole Anthony coming off of the bench and kind of running the second unit, all of a sudden we don't have to worry about there not being a functioning point guard on the floor. So for a lot of those reasons, I do think, and we've we've talked about this and you know, not everybody agrees with this, and that is totally fine. I know how much people love Cole Anthony, and, and rightfully so. I just think long term, that's the best option for this team. I don't even know that I necessarily want to get into like, oh, is he going to be upset and like want to move elsewhere where he's going to be a starter on another team? That is a possibility, 
I, I don't I don't even want to think about that at this point. I feel like we have so much other things to to figure out and and to worry about. Um, and I don't think Cole is is anywhere near that point right now. But could that be a, a concern down the road? Possibly. Um, I hope not anytime anytime soon. That would be super 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 disappointing, especially when you look at like the way a guy like R.J. Hampton has kind of handled himself, a guy very deserving of, of minutes in a role absolutely getting the furthest thing from that right now. So, um, you know, I think the bench has been great with Cole Anthony. We're winning games. We're seven and five with him coming off of the bench since he's come back. I just want to keep winning games. It's going to be tricky when guys start to come back. Like we talked about Wendell coming back on Friday. Mo Wagner has been a big piece of the winning recently, but of course you're going to put Wendell Carter back into the starting lineup. And then when guys start to come back, it's like, ooh, how much do we want to mess with what has been working lately? Even though like you want to play Jalen Suggs over Kevon Harris. You want to yeah. play Jonathan Isaac and and you know, Chuma Okeke when he comes back over Admiral Schofield. But then it's like, hey, like this is kind of working. Like if it ain't broke, why fix it? But I think for the future of this team, there are mm-hmm. guys that need to play and 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 questions that we need answers to that you won't get without kind of mixing things up a little bit. We've talked about this all season. We don't envy the decisions that Mosley has to make when this team is healthy. But hey, it's working right now. Let's all be happy. Let's keep winning some ball games, right? Luke, let's look ahead. Last game of the week here coming up on Friday at home versus the San Antonio Spurs. They play the Pelicans on Thursday. Right now, their best player all season long has been Keldon Johnson. Right now, he's doubtful for Thursday's game at New Orleans, if he's doubtful just kind of 24 hours um, from that game, my question is how likely is he to play in Orlando? And if Keldon Johnson doesn't play for the Spurs in Orlando, I'll feel a lot, I'll feel, I do feel good about the Magic's chances, but I'll feel even better about the Magic's chances on Friday. Luke, uh, what do you think about this matchup uh, coming up against the Spurs? I mean, you get Dell back and everything looks even brighter like you said you know you're bringing guys back you want to plug them in you want to to put them into the game um to just because you know they're the better player and that's essentially what it boils down to at the end of the day uh, as well this team is valuing growth and development over winning even though they are both can be a priority young guys want to win but i do think that there's you know something to be said about the continuity of these lineups that we've had and just getting familiar Right. So you're putting guys back in. If you're getting Jalen back soon, I don't know. But if you're getting him back soon, if you're getting hopefully Wendell back Friday, you're just plugging guys back in that are playing pivotal roles in this team's future. Like you said, you got to value the future as well. So that's the development piece. Now, as far as the Spurs go, they're another team that really what I'm looking at and what I will be paying close attention to is the turnover battle again. The Spurs are very close to the magic in terms of just being turnover prone in this season as a whole. So when you take out a decision maker like a Kelton Johnson, if that's the case, I feel even better about our chances of winning the turnover battle. I think there's definitely something that coincides there. They go hand in hand. The magic are 26th in the league with 16 turnovers or really like fifth worst. um, And with 16 turnovers a game, and the Spurs are third worst at 16. And then we played the worst on Wednesday night against Houston. 
So we'll see what happens. Um, but that's really what I'm going to be looking at. I, I think, you know, here in the last three games, the Magic have been like in the top 15 in terms of protecting the ball. Whereas the Spurs in the last three games have still been in that bottom five or six conversation uh, in terms of turnovers. So that's what I'm looking at. I like the matchup. I think the Magic are the better team. Spurs beat the Rockets pretty handily the other night. Uh, but I'm I'm hopeful that the Magic will be able to uh, get this one on Friday as well. I'm going to go as far to say as this is another must win. Uh, this is a, a team that has not been good so far to start the season. They're 10 and 20 currently. And it's going to be their second night of a back-to-back, their final game before they head back home for Christmas. They're going to be looking forward to getting back home, spending the holiday with their families. The Magic should should win this game pretty comfortably. I, I want to see a, a double-digit win, you know, 10, 10 or more points for the Orlando Magic. I think it is totally manageable. I don't think I'm asking for a lot. You've given us a lot of presents the last couple of weeks, the Orlando Magic. I'm asking for one more Christmas present. I'm going to be at this game. Um, mm-hmm. My daughter is is now four years old, and I think this is going to be her third game that she's ever been at, but it's going to be the first game that she like really can kind of understand what's going on. And, you know, be a, be a great experience for me and my daughter. First game that she ever remembers. A nice little double-digit win over the San Antonio Spurs. Would really appreciate that, my guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Magic should finish out the week here two and one, just like Luke and I predicted. Because, you know, uh, we just know everything and we knew exactly how this week was going to play out. It's true. But let's get the win over the Spurs and, and close out the week here. What do you say? Absolutely. All right, folks, before we sign off here, again, going to remind you coming up on Saturday, January 7th, when the Magic are in Golden State to take on the Warriors, we're going to be at the Porch South Orange at 4757 South Orange Ave for another one of our watch parties. Right now, just think 8 o'clock is going to be the watch party. If that changes, we will be sure to let you know. So stay tuned to see if that changes at all. But I think we're I think we're safe for 8 o'clock. I think, Luke, did the Magic send us over some materials lately? Did that have a time on it? We'll have to double-check that at the end of this episode, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be 8 o'clock. Yep, Kevin, producer Kevin, right in the air there, 8 o'clock. So make sure that you guys are there. And this is going to be our last episode before Christmas. So... Just want to thank you all for your support just throughout the year and hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Hope you have a wonderful Merry Christmas with uh, you, your family, your friends. Just be good to each other. You know, this is that special time of year uh, where you just want to be kind to one another. So we hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. Luke, I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah. Go Magic, baby. Let's get this one on Friday. Let's get this dub. All right, folks. For Luke, Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. Have a Merry Christmas. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.